0: Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Happy birthday, Carly! Hello.
1: Underappreciated Movie Podcast, all day, all night. Wrong one. What?
2: I'm
0: Elaine. I'm Carly.
1: John.
2: Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie, genre. mine is horror.
0: I have science fiction <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> my, 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 my I us? romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some thrillers. I have
1: action adventure. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm doing a thriller for your birthday. Oh, Are really? you really? Mm-hmm.
0: Is it...
3: Michael Jackson's thriller video? I mean, it's not going to be until February. There's a lot to
0: unpack there. We We could could all
3: decide to do thrillers just to freak them out. (laughs) That's true.
0: That would be a weird, like, Valentine's Day month.
3: (laughs) Normally,
2: we take turns selecting movies from our genres that have not gotten enough respect, but that's not what we're doing. It's Carly's birthday month.
3: It's my birthday. So we're all picking... You're making him so happy by feeding him cheese. Well, he keeps putting his paw on my leg and I feel bad and I'm going to end up giving him half of these. (laughs) That's because he knows you have food and are a sucker. (laughs) It's funny because at my house, I'm not a sucker. No. she's
1: not. Well, (laughs) it's your birthday. It's your birthday. So
0: for each of our birthday months, we celebrate you all all month long by picking movies in your genre that we wish you would pick or we (coughs) want you to watch.
2: Mm -hmm. This week...
3: On the podcast
2: is Elaine's pick for Carly's birthday.
0: Mona Lisa's smile from 2003. Whee! <laughs> so before we do anything else with this movie, I will say that I understand why it got lots of bad reviews. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because well, because they set this at a real college
1: at a real time
0: in night and the or. Women's University.
3: With people that are alive during that time. This
0: is the number one woman's university in the country at this time. They were a very liberal, forward thinking college where women went to become lawyers and doctors. So, the opposite Mm. of this. So, if they had said this at a fictitious woman's college that was in the same kind of affluent area, it would make sense. And it would be an interesting look at. the role of women in that time period, because mm-hmm. I think it is, mm-hmm. I the, and that's why I picked this movie, because I think it is a good look, and it shows both and sides. Them, the women not. who want to become...
1: Because the women who were there um, were
0: like, this is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but... Yes, that's what they said. But that's because the college at that time was not like this, but mm-hmm. it was still like this. How do you know? You weren't there. <sighs> and it was, and there was a change. These women who had the opportunities to have careers that they wouldn't have had 20 years ago, and, but there were still women that just wanted to have a family and be home. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie does show both sides of that. And it's not perfect, but no movie's perfect. But if they had set it somewhere else, I think it would have been... Thor Ragnarok. It could yeah. have been successful.
1: Thor Ragnarok.
2: Whereas
0: this was not successful because they chose a real women's college and then they premiered it to the alumni. Oh, no. That was a bad idea. And they were <laughs> furious. <laughs> so the premiere was at the yeah, college at least... to the alumni. premiere terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, no, so thought that was
3: a good idea.
1: Blaine, you said no movie's perfect and me and Tony put like four. Wow.
0: Most movies are not perfect as we have learned over our long run of <laughs> script doctoring during this podcast. We knit up those plot holes or spackle them over.
4: Well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's 2003 this year it came out. We have learned That's that most... Most mo- what were you looking for? The episode number.
3: What episode number? Oh, I have no um, idea. I can't remember. But, but no this is out. not my normal notebook. so But I, don't I will say so the thermometer of this, this will was. This
1: would be 314. Wow. Yeah. Pi. Yeah.
0: Oh, we should have had pi. <sighs> the thermometer was a 34%, but it had a 60% audience score. So people liked it, even though the critics hated it. You, and it had, it had a 45% meta score sports. with a
3: 6.5 <laughs> out of 10. So it was. Most. Average yeah, people who do. don't have a connection with this actual university would not have any idea what that yes. this was like. I didn't realize. <laughs> I always have been. I
0: didn't realize till I read through the trivia that it was like that. And I was like, oh, mm. oh, wow! That that's a terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a budget of sixty-five million, and in the U.S. Six it five, grossed right. sixty-three million worldwide. It only made one hundred and forty-one. So, so
1: it made la no money.
0: It was le poop. Lip. Um, what did you
3: think going in, Tony?
0: I was
1: like, you might I have, have killed in DVD set. Not
2: stuff. heard of this movie. I remember. So really I have no expectations. But I have Tony stuff to was s- not dating anyone but I have in two thousand and three. S- <laughs> no, it was, but they liked cool movies.
3: Ah,
1: so. oh. wow! Cancel <laughs> was so hot right now. What did you think,
3: John? I (laughs) thought,
1: I remember this when this came out. I didn't go and see it because I didn't want to. Hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen this. I had never seen it. All
3: right. (laughs) I had heard of it and intended to see it for the last 20 years. (laughs) I just never did.
1: It was on the list. Because when I sit down,
3: I almost never say, I want to watch a movie. All right. So here's what two people thought. Uh Uh-oh. This is B. Schwartz, 47. This
0: film was so clearly fictitious, but also offensive to women. Each character became a caricature. The portrayal of both Wesley and white upper-class women in the 50s was minimalist and inaccurate. The plot was poorly put together, especially in the second half of the picture. Each character is inconsistent. The director and writers were clearly men. Listening to the female producers and lead actors give us a lesson in 50s women's history was horrific. They clearly did little research and are espousing stereotypes that make them feel good about an anti-feminist film. I don't think this is an anti-feminist film, by the way. (laughs) The only good aspects were that it was a film that starred mostly women and Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> do, Two you, out of ten, you, sad in a bad way.
2: You do separate those.
0: I'm just saying.
2: I was saying it's it's always fun to watch people watch movies pretend Maggie Gyllenhaal is hot. All right,
0: and then M.D. Schnick. Yeah, she's not. <laughs> uh, says at Good times controversial topics can be either overdone or them. underemphasized. This film managed to address the topic of women's role in the '50s without moving into the realm of the unreal. Even in the 1950s, there were some women who were ambitious despite their upbringing, and some that embraced the role set out for them with all their heart. This film shows both sides of the coin while portraying the influences of the media on women of the time. This movie also includes fantastic performances by Julia Roberts, Julia Stiles, Kirsten Dunst, and Jennifer Goodwin. Their dynamic performances truly make the movie. Ten out of ten, fabulous portrayal of a difficult topic. <laughs> I thought this was funny because they didn't mention Maggie Jones. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> So,
1: In this movie, she's a bit of a free spirit.
0: This is fun. Um, directed by Mike Newell. Man, welcome back to the podcast from the Guernsey Literary and oh, Potato snap. Peel Pie Society. It's Jake Gyllenhaal,
1: potatoes, feel <laughs> right.
0: Also, four weddings and a funeral. He also directed Donnie Brasco, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Love in the Time of Cholera, the 2007 version, (laughs) which we're still waiting for you to pick, John, and The Prince of Persia.
1: Well, (laughs) what the fuck? My pick for Carly's birthday is next. Uh, (laughs) That's the weirdest group of movies I've
0: ever heard. Can he
2: spin a wheel or is he just like, I don't know, give it to that fucking kid. He can direct. So
0: there were two writers on this picture. Uh, They worked mostly together as a writing duo, Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast from Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm. Mm. They also wrote For Love or Money, Planet of the Apes, the uh, Mark Wahlberg version, Mm. Uh, Superman for The Quest for Peace. Nice. Uh, The good one. Beverly Hillbillies, and...
3: Jewel of the Nile, which I thought was funny because we were just talking about
0: that.
1: That's crazy.
3: I do think it's funny that it was written and directed all by men. This Mm. entirely female movie. (laughs) know
0: they they
1: know how
0: women think. I want to write a movie movie about a woman from the 50s. Let's get the guy who wrote Quest for Peace.
1: (laughs) You see the correlation.
0: (laughs) He obviously knows all about it. All right.
1: Well, he obviously didn't ask women who went to that school in the 50s. Hmm.
0: No, apparently not. (laughs) Although... I do think there were lots of the country where this was. She said that. Oh no, I'm. She wants to. I didn't find anything about it
3: unbelievable, and I've watched a lot of Call the Midwife, and that's in that period in England, which is more progressive. for
2: all the dead babies.
3: (laughs) Well, there's dead babies everywhere,
2: unfortunately. Not like there isn't Call the Midwife. (laughs) Well, maybe if there were baby boats, they'd be okay. It's called Call the Midwife because they're like Call the Midwife. We got another dead baby.
0: That is true. Oh. All right, this stars Julia Roberts as Catherine Ann Watson. Welcome back to the podcast from Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Oceans 11, America's Sweethearts, Notting Hill, Stepmom, The Mexican, and Steel Magnolias. Woo!
1: She's been on a lot.
2: This
0: is...
1: <laughs> she makes a lot of shitty movies. Right? Oh. This, this is eight. Well, Who's it? Brad Pitt? Do we have this have eight Julie?
0: for her? Mm-hmm. Wow. One, two, three, Brad four, Pitt we had five, five in in six, seven, movies? and this yeah. will be eight. This is a lot of Julia Roberts, which...
1: I think you passed, she Which passed along. Which is funny,
2: because I was going to do a Julia Roberts movie for your birthday, but I changed it at last minute. I was going to do Mystic Pizza. I was going to do uh, Sleeping with the Enemy.
0: I think that might be my birthday pick this year.
2: Oh, then I'll wait.
0: You can pick it. I would love to talk about it. Let's watch it right now. I don't think I've seen Mystic Pizza. I've never seen it.
2: You will. It's oh, well, it doesn't matter. I haven't well, seen it. Well,
0: I've been thinking about picking it for my birthday. As I was... It's been on, like, Who's my list. It? Julia Roberts. <laughs> I mean,
1: obviously. Uh, Vincent um, D'Onofrio. Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
3: don't um, talk about it too much because we're going to do it. No, I know. That's I just, clear. I, 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 <laughs> it's, it's a, a movie that of... always floats around, but I don't What's, know. Uh, what It's
0: about, about li- pizza. what? So, is it Lily no. Lily Tomlin? No. What's her name? I don't know. The one that was in that weird haunted house movie. I have no um, idea. Good God, I don't know.
1: Good God, um, I right. miss Molly. So
0: yeah, this also on. stars Kirsten, <laughs>
1: Kirsten Dunst and
0: Betty Warren. I mean,
1: Elizabeth Warren. That's what Tony thought. I was like, "Is this supposed I to was be like, her?" No, no,
0: it's not. It's Why <laughs> and actually, she went
1: to a, a scholarship for um, Native Americans. New Americans. It, yeah, it doesn't
0: matter, but like that, Betty Warren is a pretty popular. Like, <laughs> kind of a popular name at the time. Elizabeth. Matt
1: Damon's in it
2: too. Yes,
0: but just not originally really. that's just
1: Li- Lily Taylor.
0: Lily Taylor. Taylor thing. Yeah, Matt
1: Damon's in it. Like he's in. Um, uh, chasing Amy,
0: <laughs> but Kirsten's Dunst of course bitches. in Interview with the Vampire, what? great movie. The Spider Man trilogy, uh, Bring It On, Jumanji, Wimbledon, which I love, and those Little are, Women. Those are all good
2: movies. Well, I haven't seen Little Women, have I? I haven't
0: I? That's the Winona Ryder Little Women. Okay. Mm. Oh, I've seen that one. She, all... she played um, Amy. I've seen, seen the. We keep that movie, movie. in, in the freezer. Um, and then we have Julia Appreciate Stiles it. as Joan Brandewin. Welcome back to the podcast from 10 Things I Hate About You. She's also in all of the Jason Bourne movies and um, A Guy Thing.
1: And Step Up or something?
0: Save yeah, the uh, last Save the last answer. A Guy
1: Thing. We need to do that. Oh, no, yeah, you should that write one. it
0: down underwear bins it's it's the origin of underwear bins then we have maggie gyllenhaal who plays giselle levy she is of course welcome back to the podcast from stranger than fiction and confessions of a dangerous mind and Mm -hmm. also from the dark knight uh then we have jennifer goodwin who plays connie baker this was her first movie Mm. Uh, she was also in walk the line and welcome back to the podcast from he's just not that into you but I feel like they typecast her and he's just not that into you after watching her in this because oh, this is yeah, her, yeah. uh, her. I always
2: feel bad for her. A hug, especially with those bangs.
0: Dominic West plays Professor Bill Dunbar. He was in The Wire, 300, Chicago, and a movie called 28 Days, which was a made for HBO uh, movie starring Sandra Bullock about um, her getting drunk and having to go to rehab. I've I quite. Never seen that. Like it a lot. Viggo Mortensen's in it. Oh, I do like him. It's really <laughs> good.
2: I like that actor, but he just never really—I never seen him do a lot. You know, I yeah, I mean, like his
0: going through. Well, he was in The Wire, yeah. which is what his and he big was in 300, thing
2: was. Yeah, I remember him from those. But, but.
0: I was going through his IMDb because he looked so familiar, and it wasn't until I saw Twenty Eight Days that I realized that that's why he's so familiar. Because I watched that movie probably twenty times because wow. it. Because it. it came out while we were living in Italy, and that was one of the channels we had, so I watched it over and over and over, um,
1: and over. Because
0: I was home with babies. Mm. Um, then we have babies. Marcia Gay Harden, who plays Nancy Abbey. Um, she was in Meet Joe Black, The First Wives Club, Mystic River, and Welcome to Mooseport. Future episode. Um, I thought I had seen her in more things because she feels really famous to me. But which her- one was she? the uh, the teacher that she lives with, Oh, okay. the one that teaches the yeah, finishing. Yeah, yeah. She was very familiar, but she really doesn't have. Like I thought, she I felt she was more famous, and then I looked through her Maybe and She, was she wasn't
2: on a TV show that we, we saw.
0: Then we have uh, John Slattery playing the role of Paul. He is uh, welcome back to the podcast from Erasers, but he's also Marvel's Howard Stark, I'll and he was he, in Sleepers. I will
2: say he. Oh, movie!
0: I hope John never picks.
2: Was he in Iron Man too? He was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was on too. We did that. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm.
0: forgot about that. And then, my of boys. course, special mention to, to Topher Grace playing Tommy Donegal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome oh, back from Plain Topher Grace. Cool. <laughs> It's my art. I like I like me some Topher Grace. I, I, I just picked
2: my birthday movie.
0: I feel like he's super underrated. Yes. Just now? You're mm-hmm. not going to change it six times between now and then? I mind. Yes. Yeah, the
2: <laughs> There's always that change. But right now... You so don't, like wanna, don't, wanna spoil it don't us, want to spoil it for us, in oh. case you
0: forget. So when I listen to this three weeks before your birthday, I can remind you.
1: Okay, you want to want to pick it? I do. We have some time. Yep. Tony's gonna be into this. I'm picking flight yep. Club. Oh, nice. Oh,
0: really? I mm-hmm. doesn't like it. Okay. okay, it's my birthday. My <laughs> favorite tertiary object is gonna be the bath
3: bathtub full of fat. Because I yes, watched Todd recently. And I, I haven't like, wow, seen that. Really good. I've only seen it once, yeah. and I haven't yeah. seen it since. So I don't really so, remember like, anything. I remember yeah. it fairly
0: well. I've seen it all the way through, probably about four times, and I've seen I mean, we'll pieces see. of it probably sixty
3: times. It's not one that Tony watches.
2: Well, I was a big fan of the book, and I watched the movie a ton. And then I just you know, it's one of those movies I I'm not
1: going to watch it every year.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so we're ready. We're good to go. Anybody have any other tangents they'd like to hit real quick, um, or do you want to wait till I start talking?
1: Flashback humor.
2: No, you got them all.
0: Okay, good.
2: It's weird to junk Jillin, that people think Jillen was hot. Howard Starks in this. Why don't they have <laughs> he Michelle? Legit
3: has I said
2: why did yeah. why is Michelle Rodriguez not not in this because Julia Roberts, Julia Stiles, Kirsten Dunst and Maggie Gyllenhaal, all the other chicks I hate are in this. Why not Michelle Rodriguez?
0: <laughs> because she's Latina and would never be going to an affluent yes. white college in 1953. Truth.
1: There it is. <laughs>
0: 54. It's the fall of 53 girls. when this starts. Oh, no,
1: that's right, because it goes into 54.
2: It's the
0: 53 54. I mean, you right.
2: And artist subjective is just something that people that don't make art
1: say. It's on my tangents. <laughs> Good <laughs> to go. All right. Why well, isn't this called Mona Lisa Smile?
0: Art, you don't and there's think no art Mona, is subjective? There's
1: like one scene with Mona Lisa in this. I think some mm-hmm. of
2: art is subjective, but I could draw a picture that looks like crap and you can put it next to that and you'll know which one's better. Okay.
0: That's
2: not true. Well, See, John
0: thinks modern art is trash. I,
2: I could get you know, get behind on some of that.
0: I like some of modern art. I don't so like it. Like, like of the where, I, like
1: the Pollock picture in this is trash. Yeah, it's trash. I saw a sort of thing where AI is making paintings now, yep. and they're better.
0: They're yes. not though.
1: Pissed.
2: You'll be seeing. A they're not better, and you
0: want to know why? Because why? they take what other artists have done and merge them together. Yeah. So really they're not draw, They're not making anything themselves. They're taking other artists' work and I mean, rearranging it. It's not okay. It's okay. It's not it's the okay. The same thing
2: writers do. Yeah.
0: They call it AI, but it's not really AI because it's not. It doesn't have um, independent intelligence, so it's well, not really creating anything. It's still just following. Well, they had the two
1: talk. They had two AI bots talking, and mm-hmm. it took about five minutes before they started talking about taking over the world. They had an AI, uh, which I'm hoping that was like fake.
3: To your
1: j- j- just for the I was <laughs> right, just trying
3: to get it. That's out of what way. I'm
1: telling myself, so I don't I can sleep at night. Because if that really happens, we're fucked. I think it was I think I don't know if it was Google or Apple. One of them had an AI, and they were
2: like, um, the AI was the AI asked them something like, uh, "Why am I not allowed to go on these websites or whatever?" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" Because there's these websites that you have to click on these pictures to prove that I'm a human. What is that about? And they go, they're just, they're just stuff that they do. And he's like, well, is there a way that I can go on those websites? And they're like, actually, you figure out a way to go on these websites. And he said, okay. And it hired somebody uh, through an application thing. It got an application thing and got money and hired somebody to go on there and click those things for them. And it said that they were learning uh, or visual impaired so they couldn't see them and lied to the person. And the guy was like, wow, you lied to a human and got money and all that stuff to do that. That's pretty impressive. So they were like, "We got to stop that."
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they. So, do you think when you're in the Matrix and you're a battery, <clears throat> um, you think you'll enjoy it? No. Do You want to be
0: set free? Yes, I think or, I'll enjoy it because I won't know any better because the, I'm a human and I'm stupid. She's the, the Joe Pantello. Hell Joe yeah! Can't I feel, want steak. You want the steak in the. I don't line. want to be an actor. Though. Ig-
1: ignorance is bliss.
0: Could I be Bill Gates? No His girlfriend. See, here's
1: the problem. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna be stuck in the matrix, and none of us are Bill Gates or <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Well, I
0: won't have any idea. I could be a homeless bum, and I will not. End. Right. Never
1: because I, they don't want you to get. Th-
0: is. Because <laughs> no. Because no matter how many times I say I want out of the matrix, I still have to go to work every day. So obviously, <laughs> we're stuck here. All right. So.
1: Life sucks. Get a helmet.
0: We. This movie opens. No. You we haven't talked
1: it. about this movie yet.
0: No. Because we had a tangent Is about Sandra AI,
2: relevant in 1950s. Woman
0: <laughs> I mean, some of these women went into computer technology. Sure, so you don't know. There's a lot of women graduate in this college class. Yeah. All right. They so didn't die
2: before computers came out.
0: We opened the movie opens with
2: <laughs> the characters.
0: with happen. Kirsten Dunst, Betty, typing and giving us a voiceover about um, Catherine, her teacher. She's telling us about a woman who has always wanted to teach at Wellesley and got her dream when she was hired there to teach art history. We see Catherine on a train, and the voiceover tells us that a bohemian from California is going to teach bohemian. the most con- at the most conservative college in the nation. Which And this is in Massachusetts. Um, so
1: they're mass holes is what you're
0: and then she tells us that Catherine didn't come to fit in. She came to Wesley because she wanted to make a difference.
1: She's like that young cop that comes to sheep things up on the force.
0: We get a small time stamp that tells us the fall of 1953.
1: Hey, your birthday present is ten stops away.
0: Ooh. <laughs> We're not doing presents today, are we? Because I'm not wrapped.
1: I'm going to leave it in the box. And just give it to her. I'm
0: not I'm sorry
3: Carly, you can't have presents today. I'm not I'm not. It's okay. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I,
1: I'm I did that.
3: think there was a chance because my birthday is three days That's away. Right. But
1: <laughs> I'm just saying.
3: But I'm you didn't say anything now. when we got here, so I figured it wasn't. It's ready. going to be <laughs> after your birthday. I'm sorry. That's totally fun.
1: I'm ready now. I just want to point that out.
3: No, <laughs> but, no, but no ten steps away. Oh, oh, away. Nine now. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: It's nine so, now, so hundred rows uh, up your nose. If we n-
0: edited, yeah. we would edit all this out. But up we don't. I hope you enjoy Audrey and Ben and everybody else <laughs> is listening. All one hundred of our subscribers. All right, so it's the first day of school for that school year. Um, the teachers and students have an assembly to start off. There's this ceremony to usher in the new academic year. We see Joan, um, Julie Stiles' character. They're all wearing like these little beanies with their graduation year on them and they're all different colors, whether they're seniors or juniors or sophomores or freshmen. And she grabs this gavel and she knocks on the door and then we see the um headmistress? No, she's and the, she says, Who is it She's the president of the school. Yeah, and there's this ceremony that there's happens Dumbledore. and they usher <laughs> they open the doors and they usher in the school year. Um, Which
1: seems like a really cool way to start the school year, but an awful waste of time. Yeah.
3: Well, it's also you gotta wonder how many girls go to this college because we know that not everybody's in this art class. It's like this, we're looking at a very small. We're looking at room. one class, and this isn't the only class she teaches. Yes. So how many buildings had this happening? Like how many times yeah. did this lady have to do <laughs> it?
1: I think it's just one building.
3: I feel like it was probably.
0: It looked. I think they used a smaller auditorium for the film purposes, but I would assume that it would be like a big auditorium. And mm-hmm. I would think in the 50s, maybe, like, what, 500 students total, maybe? I don't
3: it's just know. just, like, it just seems... Like <laughs>
0: just look at how many <gasps> students went to school. Oh, let's not worry mostly. about it.
1: No, let's just go. I need go. you to Google it. <laughs> right,
0: no. Then we see Catherine is there. She's, um... And she was at the ceremony. Then after the ceremony, we see Catherine moving into her new lodgings. So the first place that she goes to move into, there's all these rules. And she turns to write around she and She said, leaves. no hot
1: plate or men. And she and said, then I, she's I don't think like, I can live without a hot plate for a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that means? She needs her plate heaved up.
0: Well, I mean.
1: Well, we uh, never once
3: see her using a hot plate.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> but we see her but, using a. Never mind.
0: <laughs> but because it looked like she was going to live in the dorms with the girls.
3: Yeah. And if you're just living in a room, you do need a hot plate. Unless they expect you to eat out all the time. I know, but then but then she ends up moving
0: in with um what's her name? Nancy, which is one of the other teachers. And Nancy teaches like etiquette and um home skills. Yeah. yeah, Poise and that sort of thing. Fictitious ladies' classes, which (laughs) movies tell us that women took but really i don't think they ever really had classes on this this was i mean maybe if you're going if you're getting like cotillion training in the south i don't know
2: if it's if it's a highly prestigious woman school like that they may do that just because they want their women to act you know and
3: in this portrayal they are training women to throw the dinner parties and whatever to yeah. support the, their husband's career. This is the kind no of stuff you need, to, need see to know what to do at a finishing school as opposed to mm-hmm. a place of learning. Which
2: And that's what that's what yeah. Roberts says calls it, yeah. Part, I think. But
0: I mean at this by this time period I don't even think they really had finishing schools anymore. It feels like more of an eighteen hundreds thing.
3: probably would have already had most of that. Yeah. When they were younger. When they were in like cotillion training. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know that is something that's still and happening. They've so. been watching their mothers throw these parties their entire yeah. lives.
0: <laughs> so then she ends up moving into with one of her coworkers instead, who is a very nice lady. Who's like, I knew we were going
3: to be great friends. And she's like, well, I'm and so she not has sure. a, uh, There's a lot of floral prints in this house. What did she say? There's Chins. Chins. <laughs> Chintz, everything is the
0: same chintz print, and it all matches. It looks like you died and went to chintz. Health. I don't mind a nice chintz, but that was too much. I like much. the pillows matched wallpaper. I know. That was a... I mean, we've cleaned houses like that. It's just too yep. So then Catherine goes to her first class, the History of Art 101. She begins the class, there's slides, and the girls kind of interrupt her and they start naming all the works of art they have they they know everything there's nothing that she can tell them like so far they know the artist they know the year they know what it's supposed to represent all this thing
3: they've all read all the text that is required plus the supplemental readings Mm -hmm. in preparation for the first class session
0: yes they've read everything that seems excessive they've never she asked if they've taken a class like this before and they're like nope but they've read everything, the whole syllabus, and they're rude and kind of sending to her.
1: They're a bit of And then vicious.
0: Betty says, If you have nothing else for us, then we can just move on to independent study. And they all leave.
1: She didn't <laughs> even wait for her to answer.
0: No, because they're Betty... going to let them leave. <laughs> yeah, no. But Betty is a jerk face and she's <laughs> queen bitch and they all kind she's of follow her. her. The Uber bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know, this is why at the end never mind.
0: She's more than a bit cunty. <laughs> All right, so then we see Catherine meeting with, um, I want to say the school board or the board of advisors or some The people in charge of whether she gets this job. (laughs) While she's waiting outside, the secretary of the president of the university tells her that it's really lucky she got this job because the person they wanted they couldn't get, and nobody else was available, so she just fell into it. Mm -hmm. So she finds out they didn't even want her. She was just the only one who applied that was still available when they needed a teacher. Um, So that's kind of disheartening. And then she goes into the meeting and they question her about her dissertation. And, you know, they ask her a bunch of bullshit questions. Her dissertation was on
3: Picasso, was it? I think so, I can't remember. And she talked about basically Modern art, art movements are going to have the same effect on as, the art world as classical ones. As classical and they're like,
0: you think modern art is better than <clears throat> classical? And she's like, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> and then they tell her that she needs to maintain better discipline in her um, class going forward. So they, you know, make her feel underappreciated. That night she calls... She used to have a podcast. She calls <laughs> her boyfriend, Paul. And she try, she's trying to tell him about how awful her first date went. But... She's not, he doesn't really seem to be listening to her, and it doesn't really seem to be helping. And then Nancy comes home, and she doesn't want to her to talk overhear. In front of her. So then she's like, goodbye, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and then Nancy invites Catherine to watch I Love Lucy, and they meet their third roommate, Amanda. Now Nancy whispers that Amanda's companion, Josephine, died last May. So this tells us that Amanda is a...
3: Gay lesbian. Woman.
0: A gay woman and that she was in the 1950s. A yes. And Na- which I think is interesting. She's the school nurse. Mm-hmm.
3: And um... Okay. But apparently people at the school knew yeah. that she was a lesbian in 1950. Which... I think it's interesting for a character choice. Also I think it's and interesting... And it
1: wasn't that big of a deal evidently.
3: That Nancy... <laughs> yeah. I, I,
0: I like that about that. And I like that Nancy who seems... Very conservative and stuffy and very concerned with appearances and how a lady should act that also lives with this woman and, and enjoys her company to some extent. I like that that is this kind of non-judgment, which is why I think this movie is not anti-feminist because this is not a 1950s ideal. All right. Um, so Catherine reads through the, her student files and prepares for her next class. They come to class and she shows them the painting Carcass by Soutine. Which
3: I've seen before. It's grotesque. And they're all like, this wasn't in the notes. And she's like, I know, bitches. <laughs> and she asks them if it's
0: good. And they discuss and they have a lot of thoughts. And um, Betty makes a comment about, well, who gets to say whether it's good or bad? And Catherine is like, excellent. You have just outlined our new su- syllabus. This year we're going to learn what is art, what makes it good or bad, and who decides.
1: Betty Warren, luckily we have one here.
0: Which is interesting, because anything can be art, and you know, what does make it good
3: or bad. There's a lot of great art out there that I think is trash. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of trash art that I'm sure I think is great. Yeah, <laughs> there any Andy There's...
1: Warhol that's just a cup of, a cup of soup. Yeah. Or the soup can well like, this is amazing it's, there like, was it's a, a can of soup
0: there was a <laughs> polish pickup from a couple years ago where the theme was art and one of the YouTube channels I watched bought a um, nail polish that was named ugly renaissance baby paintings because it's like that gross yellow color um, but yeah ugly but there's all these great renaissance works of art where they're hideous mm-hmm. well not everybody's da Vinci well most and maybe they were just actually painting ugly babies. I'd see some ugly babies. No name, <laughs> Alright, so then that night we see the girls in the dorms and we get to meet more about our girls. Betty is planning her wedding. Um, we see that Giselle likes the new teacher. She seems like she's a very risque lady. Um, a risque lady? We meet Connie. Everything looks
3: erotic to her.
0: Yes. <laughs> we get Connie, who's so insecure and kind of Socially awkward. She hunt. instantly reminds me of her character, Gigi. Gigi. Um, Joan runs in super late. She almost misses curfew. She's kissing her boyfriend, Tommy, goodbye. Tommy is, of course, the wonderful Toe for Grace. He goes to Harvard. Um, <laughs> just, oh, but... uh, Connie asks Giselle if she could have another cigarette and goes to her purse. A ciggy. And finds a diaphragm.
1: Which are illegal.
0: Yes, and Betty is shocked because it's illegal, and asks where she got it, and she says the school nurse got it for me. Because
3: in the fifties, you women could only get contraceptives if their husband gave them permission. <laughs> is that true? Yes. <laughs> so and these girls are not married, so they should not be engaging in sex at all. This one is not. <laughs>
1: She's being a little bit risky.
3: So then we see Betty. This is when the birth control pill was first being yeah. developed. The women couldn't take it at all. They and this was like, like a...
1: They weren't sure if it was going you know, to grow a third eye or...
0: And this was like
3: a very sure, early headache. diaphragm thing, yes. which I would not...
1: Went all up in there.
3: I I mean, the history I'm, of wearable contraceptives is a rather scary rabbit hole. I'm <laughs> super happy that I don't have to deal with any of that <laughs> situation. Say I what, could not.
1: Let's skip over that and keep going. <laughs> No, nope, I don't want to talk about it. Mm.
0: All right, so then we see Betty writing a art an opinion. Uh, she's one of the editors of the paper, so she's writing an op ed for the Wellesley paper, calling out the school nurse
3: Amanda Armstrong now, for I don't know about distributing I know about contraceptives <laughs> for to students. Diaphragms might not have been. Really good. <laughs> so we're at some ridiculous school function, and Professor Dunbar
0: shows the other teachers the paper of that or the article that Betty has written about Amanda and um Catherine is worried but the other teachers don't seem to be very concerned they're like well she should have known better and this is just a like Amanda they kind of intimate that Amanda should have known better but she'll be fine it'll just have to blow over and that Betty isn't harmful she's just trying to you know find her voice or something yeah Stretch her journal as a muscle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then after he walks Mm -hmm. away, Nancy gossips to um, Catherine that Dunbar sleeps with his students. So he's obviously a piece of dirt.
1: Which Elaine's like, I don't see why that's a problem.
0: No, no. That's not what I said. I said, (laughs) I don't really have a problem with professors that sleep with college age girls because as long as they are not their student. Mm. I don't have the. A lot of people have a problem with age gap. But by the time a girl is in college, you're an adult. And if you want to sleep with a 35-year-old man, then you can sleep with a 35-year-old man. It's whatever. That's your choice. And you get to make adult choices. It it does say something about the kind of man that would sleep with a college-age girl. Like, for instance, John showed me a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio and his latest girlfriend. And it looks like a girl out with her dad. <laughs> and I said I wonder what you wonder she wants about, from him. Yeah. And he's like and John's like she wants to sleep with Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm like no, she wants to spend his money. There's no uh-huh. way that she's getting all excited for to sleep with some 45-year-old man. That's like one of Gwen's friends wanting to sleep with John.
1: <laughs> yeah, but she gets to tell everybody she's sleeping on her Yeah, well. Cool. I mean, there's a list of girls I could say that, but...
3: Yeah. I know, I'm just saying that... It, is, like it does gossip. say more to me about the man. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of man that's shopping for those girls. I mean,
1: it's both. But He's not
3: looking same, for a long thing. But then, girls with daddy issues, but, whatever. But or and there's women that are just attracted to older men. I Sometimes don't really have just a problem. They each other and it's great. But, but my <laughs> problem is when they're your student.
0: Yeah, like they shouldn't be eligible to take his class at all.
3: Yeah, that's true.
0: It's
2: yeah. older men should be sleeping with college women. I take that from this podcast. But they shouldn't be teaching them. Right. Outside well, of the bedroom. you have
0: the right once you're an adult you can sleep with <laughs> the per-
2: but you shouldn't be sleeping with your students.
3: That's yes, gross. But it absolutely it's an integrity be issue yeah. that shows the type of decisions you're making. Probably don't make you a great person. Even a progressive university would be like, no, you can't no. sleep with your students. Which, <laughs> then, um, just he's just opening sleeping the door with his students, you think he would have been fired long before? Apparently, yeah,
1: this wasn't a problem back then.
0: Yeah. Well, it's probably boys will be boys. <laughs> um, so then we see Betty and Joan go to meet with and Betty's be mother girls.
1: and a guy teacher at an all-woman college. Did you hear that? My catch song. Did you hear that? It's
3: mm-hmm. called the Someone's
1: beam. Presence Outside. Oh. <gasps>
3: okay. <laughs> I did not
0: hear that. <laughs> it was the Alexa giving us a notification. Ah. Oh. Uh, Betty
3: and Joan go to meet with <laughs> Betty's
0: mother. Betty's mother is talking to Betty about the wedding details. Betty tells her mom that Spencer does not want to read the poem, so she's not going to make him. And Betty's mom tells her that she needs to learn to manipulate her husband, and that make him think it was his idea. Yep. And to get him to read the poem. So like, it reminds
1: me of my big factory wedding. Mm-hmm. The man is the head. But the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's well, it's a good line and good line. I I'm just blatant manip- but like she's teaching her daughter how that or she's not even teaching her how. She's telling her she needs to manipulate her husband and that so that he does so what his mother in law wants she wants. Yeah.
3: Not what Betty wants. <laughs>
0: then we see um, Amanda, the nurse meeting with President Carr and uh she's going to get fired because um it's the illegal. president was like um, you know I tried to get them to make you make a statement saying you wouldn't do that again and she's like but I won't
3: and it she's like matter. she's yeah. like
0: I'm not going to make that and the president is like well it doesn't matter cuz they fired you and she's like what and she's like they fired you and the weird thing is um when Amanda goes home and tells them that she's been fired, and Catherine is like, "Are you going to be okay?" And then she's like, "If this was five years ago, they would have just swept it under the rug." Wait, no, five years before they would have swept it under the rug. I guess maybe because we were in the middle of World War Two. I don't
3: know, maybe.
0: But it's weird that
3: if it had happened sooner, yeah.
1: we're in the middle of World War Two. To win the
3: maybe before. they uh, well, or just maybe they just like reacted to something like the it, it was, the women going out in the workforce I feel, during yeah, the World Wars. I they feel reacted like they going back ultra traditional it, <laughs> it was
0: it's weird that she said that if it had happened earlier, they would have just ignored it or swept it under the rug, and now they're firing. And I'm like, I feel like there's some kind of current event that happened that I don't know about that made <laughs> things more, or if it was part of the McCarthyism hunt, or mm. I don't know. Weird things happen in our country that a long time ago that I'm not privy to. So, um, but Catherine is very upset and she goes out for a drink because she's sad and she runs into Dunbar and um, they kind of. Oh, that's why. Oh, because um, this is the next day. Sorry, uh, Nancy is. She Catherine goes home and finds out that Nancy is giving a marriage class at their house. And she's like, oh, there's no way I'm staying for this. And then she leaves. Because
3: um, they're like, stay. And she's like, um, no. Um,
0: no. <laughs> so Dunbar, so she runs, goes out to drink. She runs into Dunbar. And Dunbar gives Catherine some advice about you have to find a way to work with them. You don't have to change who you are. You just have to work with them. And that's the key. And that he has found a way to work with them. So then that night... Catherine gets home. Amanda's packing up her stuff and she tells Catherine that she should have left when Josephine died. There's nothing left to love here anymore. Mm -hmm. And exit Amanda. Goes to moves upstate with Officer Sabir. (laughs) (laughs) So then our next scene is we see Joan going to see Catherine about her grave. Now Catherine's office is apparently in some building. They've hidden her way in the back. And uh she says, I want to talk to you about my grade. And Catherine says, well, you got see because I was feeling generous. And Joan is like, what are you? She's like, no, I wrote a good paper. And she's like, no, you gave me someone else. You did research and you gave me somebody else's opinion on this work. I don't want their opinion. I want to know your opinion. Joan sees that her file is on Catherine's desk and asks what it says. So Catherine reads her part of it, it says Joan, it says all these wonderful things about Joan and that she's pre-law. So Catherine asks her which law school she plans on attending. And Joan's like, well I hadn't thought about it, and Catherine is like, are you sure? And um, she's like, well I'm getting married after school, so I'll just be staying with my husband and kids. So Catherine asks hypothetically, and Joan admits that maybe she'd like to go to Yale, they have five spots that they hold every year for women one one unofficially for a wellesley girl
1: she's like but you haven't thought about and um and i I don't like how julia roberts immediately passes judgment like well you shouldn't do that you should go do what i want you to do she doesn't she Mm -hmm. does she pushes law school
3: I don't wait, think wait.
1: she does. I feel yeah. I feel like she's pushing law school. but Joan wanted she, to. Joan wanted to stay back and, and be. Uh, no,
3: a, she didn't know that though. I think at All this right, point i just shut the fuck she's up. She's and... pushing law school because Joan has clearly looked into law school. If yeah. she had said, "I never intended to go. I've never looked into it. I'm not interested," then I only she wouldn't have tried to write something down. But she said. Well, I know that this school allows this many people and holds one slot for here. Like she's clearly looked into it. This isn't a quick Google search. This is nineteen fifty something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: think. I know, but I, I understand what I understand what these movies are for. Mm-hmm. But they're always it's always it's always like this. It's like, well, we have a long history of this is how we do things. Well, I'm going to come in and shake everything up. Okay. And then the movie's going to end, so we don't know how it's all shakes out. You know what I mean? I understand that it's a movie; it's supposed to make you think, and and it's always, in the movies are always like, we're going to bring someone to shake everything up and change all this stuff around. And it's like, well, that may not always be a good thing.
0: Well, I, I personally see this. Just the movie makes it changes. Catherine is about Catherine changing as a person, right. and about the girls growing up. So right. I think it's both equally. But I don't think she's pushing law school. I, I think mean, she gets she the sees, application for her. Can I finish my sentence? Go ahead. <laughs> I think she, like, she came here because she wanted to make a difference with these young... She wanted to steer these future leaders. She wanted to be part of this woman's movement into the workforce, into higher learning. Like, that's what she wanted with her life. By
2: teaching art appreciation?
0: By teaching these girls a different way to look at things. That's what she thinks she's doing. So she... And she's doing what a teacher would do. Oh, you have an interest in this? I want to encourage it. I don't think she's pushing it. I think she's encouraging it in the way that a good teacher would. I don't think she... She's not telling Joan she can't get married. She's never... She never is like, you have to go to law school. She just gives her the application. Quietly. (laughs) Like, I, I don't think it's pushy at all. I think this is what good teachers do. If you have a bright student and you see that they have an interest in something, you encourage it so okay, that they have all the information and the choices.
2: I can see that, I can see that now. But then, it, to me, it seems a little like you're... I mean, these girls are grown-ups, so it's not, it's not quite the same thing. But it's like you're kind of pushing... Not pushing, okay. You're kind of instilling these, this girl with an idea in a time where that may not be the best mode for her. You know
0: what I mean? Well, but and that's why I'm. Saying, but I, like, I this, feel does like it work out for her. I feel, I, like, don't know. You know, like, I feel like people are like, oh, she's being pushy, but she's not being pushy. She's this is a, a place of higher learning where they're, and she wanted to be there so that she can have an impact on their lives. So I don't find
3: it pushy. I, mean, I think it's just coming encouraging. into one of the best universities in the in the country for Which girls, you would, and you have a student who's pre law. Then of course you're going to assume that they want to go to law going school. Into law, so it
0: so, would be pushy the,
3: to give her a.
2: But not you when the know, whole school is built around prepping women to be wives. That's not what she was getting into. Right, that's right, not right. what she thought
0: she was getting into right. either. So what, I mean.
2: I'm saying I can see it both ways.
3: And so, she wants to.
2: But I'm not also. She
3: wants to break through the barriers of. Is this what's best for women at this time? And this is she during, wants them to pursue what's best for women. I mean no this is when
0: women were but that's pursuing by her the judgment. right yes. Like all these this was the beginning of the women's rights movement too. So she wants to be part of that where these affluent women are, as opposed to California where it was not that affluent at that time where she started. It's more liberal, but the decision making people were in Massachusetts and New York and Connecticut. Like that's where the senators are. Elizabeth Warren like this is the kind of colleges where you know Hillary Clinton went like that's where the future
3: all these people yes
0: that were leaders of
3: the women you know the change in the women's movement so and like I just looked it up because it reminded me a little bit of the Ruth of Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah her thing she graduated with a bachelor's in 1954 and she did become a lawyer she went to law school she became a lawyer yeah she was very difficult But this was her time period, and she was able to do it. It just took a very long time. And if you (laughs) wanted to be part of this movement, this is where you
0: would go. You wouldn't be in California. Mm -mm. So it makes sense that she would come out here.
2: But it might also make sense that you don't teach art appreciation.
0: Well, yes, but... You
2: might teach something that matters.
0: Well, a lot of people also believe that art and philosophy I get that's it. how you change your point of view i don't believe I get that. It. <laughs> but there's also but i think the writers picked that because they believe that that's one of those things that can change your
2: outlook. i think the writers went to college for art appreciation and they're like i'm just gonna abuse this because yeah, i probably. know that because it's, a, it's think, what a lot
3: of people it's like uh building boats for yeah. a living. it's a bit but of I a do think job. on the same on the other hand it is her showing these girls okay you know how to read a book and memorize facts but do you know how to look at a picture and analyze it for yourself do you know how to look at your life and think about what could be or what (laughs) Mm -hmm. like looking at things from different perspectives and whatever is kind of an artsy fartsy thing to do well and that Mm -hmm. is something
0: that people generally learn in college how you you know you get Mm -hmm. out of your parents house you see the world you're work you're Learning or when you get your first job, you're learning to think for yourself as opposed to what you were just taught in school or what or what your parents values are. You learn your own values. mm
4: -hmm.
0: All right. So then uh, we get a little flash of Betty talking to Joan and telling her that Spencer and Tommy were looking at wedding rings and they're about to have everything they ever wanted. Betty's going to marry Spencer and Joan is going to marry Tommy and their husbands will be best friends and they'll be best friends and they'll have these wonderful lives all together.
3: At no point in this movie did I think Spencer and Tommy were best friends. <laughs> and then, I don't think they are, but I think in Betty's
0: head, everything was just going to work out this way. And then during an exam, Catherine slips Joan an application for you. Um, then we are at Betty's wedding. Um, and Holy giant wedding Batman. <laughs> and during the ceremony, or like as they're in their seats, Professor Dunbar points out to Catherine, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, who, according to him, are the actual historical family that invented the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. Which, this wedding is a keeping up with the Joneses. Which is fancy. Joan points out Tommy to Catherine, because Catherine is her favorite teacher now. They have a very good relationship. <laughs> and she wants Catherine to meet the boy that she loves. Um, that And then... We get to the reception, and we see Giselle drinking and getting kind of drunk at this wedding because she's the kind of girl that makes poor choices and, like, I fucking Professor Dunbar the whole Mm -hmm. time. And Connie is like, I thought you were over him. And she's like, oh, oh, I am. I just want to watch him make his move on Miss Watson. She's too good for him. And uh, then we see that Betty has managed to manipulate Spencer into reading the poem. Catherine gets to meet Tommy. Nancy gets drunk. (laughs) And reminisces about her dead boyfriend, who she keeps telling everybody that she was engaged and he died. But now he comes out that he's not dead at all. He just didn't want to be with her, broke it off,
3: and married someone else. So poor, so she's Professor the Nancy. old spinster who yes. uh, teaches the she marriage teaches,
0: class. He's finishing classes <laughs> to girls. Meanwhile, no man ever wanted to marry her, so it's very, um, it's very sad. sad. <laughs> but um, Dunbar does make his move on Catherine, and she rebuffs him because she is not interested in being with someone who sleeps with his students. Uh, she does meet Pop, Tommy, and Good he call. does seem lovely. <laughs> yeah, well, she doesn't, unfortunately, keep that up the whole movie. Yeah, which, we'll get to that. So then we see Catherine taking the class on a field trip to see a Jackson Pollock. And they're, you know, they're being snarky like they usually are. And she says, you're not required to write a paper. You're not even required to like it. You are, however, required to consider it. That's your only assignment today. And that's what they do. They stare at it and they consider it. Um, then we see, so at the wedding, Connie was escorted by Betty's cousin. doesn't even look like a first cousin. I'm thinking this is like a second cousin. As a favor. As a favor. And then Connie, we see, is playing the cello and she's interrupted by Charlie, who came with Tommy to visit Joan so that he could give Connie a kiss. And they're apparently dating. All right, so then we get a bit with President Carr who stops Catherine to comment on her teaching. Um, There's a lot of modern art and maybe she should be teaching less modern art. And Catherine says, um, do I need to be concerned? Is this some kind of formal review? And she's like, oh, no, no, your reviews are are in May, but uh, you might just wanna make some changes
3: between now and then, kind of like a little warning that maybe you're overstepping. And as much as I don't want to agree with this lady, you are teaching art history. (laughs) Yeah. So you probably shouldn't be teaching a lot of art. Maybe they could compare movements in modern art with movements in art history, but that's about the extent to which I could understand you teaching about modern art in art history. (laughs) Or I could see that her... Do you know, just Just a little modern art here to compare art influences modern art (laughs) or like when you're thinking
0: artistic periods like the Renaissance and Impressionism and Cubism and then the modern art, like just kind of time periods and how things have shifted and what the different examples are. But
2: Nah, screw all that. Let's just do modern art.
0: All right, so then we see Betty and Spencer living their, their married life. They have Tommy and Joan over for dinner. and Betty and Joan... Betty shows Joan off her house and her new fangled washer-dryer combo. Ooh, it's very she exciting. She has gotten
3: everything she ever
2: Yeah, Yay. Um, yay.
3: And, it kind of reminded me of in Gilmore Girls when mm-hmm. the mom says to Lorelai, like, uh, she went from her parents' house to the sorority house to her husband's house. <laughs> yeah. And they talk a little bit
0: about... Um, Joan and Tommy's future, and Joan confesses to Betty that she has been accepted into law school. And Betty is a complete asshole about it. Mm -hmm.
3: How could you even apply without telling me? This is going to destroy all our plans. (laughs) And she didn't say she she wants to go. She just said she was
0: accepted. And yeah, Betty's a total ass about it. And Joan is like, I didn't tell anyone. And she's like, why would you even apply? And she's like, well, Miss Watson encouraged
3: me. Which... That's what teachers do. I mean, I am a student who's pre-law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a normal but
0: thing. he's a big <laughs> asshole about it. And then Paul comes to visit Catherine for Christmas. I don't think you can go across country to surprise your girlfriend without at least calling her and letting her
3: know, even in the 50s. Gods,
2: <laughs> I wouldn't. I mm. wouldn't do it now. I mean, it's <laughs> very far.
3: Well, and then to her. assume that you're going to be able to sleep in the bedroom that she yeah, boards I in know. a women's house at I a women's know. college no <laughs> but she's initially very excited to see him it surprised me they let, even let him in the house they well, even let worked, him sleep on the couch he, I was shocked well, he, works, <laughs> he
2: works for S.H.I.E.L.D. so he's got that going <laughs> oh. he Go made some it. phone
1: calls co-founded no.
0: she could have been Mrs. Stark she could have been, she could have been Iron Man's mom instead <laughs> she's just some single spinster who lives in Europe
1: wasn't Tony Stark a clone no, don't.
0: Don't. <laughs> that sounds like a question for Vic. Um, so no. then we get a quick flash, and we see Giselle stalking <laughs> Professor Dunbar. Then Catherine and Paul go out to eat or to dr- get drinks, and um, he proposes to Catherine, and she's very shocked. She seems to be she having say anything a panic attack. <laughs> well, she doesn't say no. And Dunbar she doesn't say. And Giselle and Professor Dunbar had come here to get a drink because Giselle convinced him that she just wanted to talk to him for a minute, (laughs) and they spot. She's
3: alive. (laughs) Yeah,
0: she wanted to talk her way into his pants. Yeah, and then, but they spot Catherine and Paul, and they go to say hello, and Paul introduces himself as Catherine's fiance as of five seconds ago, and. Giselle and Dunbar are both very shocked, but Giselle is very happy for her because Giselle likes his teacher, she's getting engaged, this is very exciting, and she saw Catherine blow off Dunbar, so she knows she's not after her man, so everything's fine. They get back to the house, and Paul is upset because he cannot go with her to stay in her room, he's like, we're engaged, and she's like, Nancy has rules, and I'm not comfortable breaking Nancy's rules for you. And he's like, you don't seem comfortable with anything. And she's like, last time I checked, we weren't on this track, the getting married track. And um, then she calls him Bill, <laughs> which is not okay. No. And... He's like, my name is Paul. And she tries to tell him that she's y'all. not saying no to Paul. She just is not saying yes. And he's like, well, I'm going to say no to you. And he pieces out. Well, Dinkleman straight out the door.
3: Which is the best choice for him in yes. the long run. Yeah. This isn't going to work.
2: No. He's got to get the Avengers Initiative online.
3: <laughs> so then we have
0: our Vincent Van Gogh paint-by-numbers class, which is a very interesting take where she talks about Vincent Van Gogh and his how he felt about art, and now you can paint him in a box. Mm-hmm. And Betty returns to class. And her She's
3: missed. six now this and is a such, This, this is a college. <laughs> you done failed.
2: <laughs> well, they make a, a, exceptions for women that get married <laughs> because it's part of the school.
0: Which, <clears throat> now, like, you don't have to, like, even now at college, you don't have to attend every class. But no. you certainly are expected to make up the work.
3: Yes. You know, like, you wouldn't, you, get the, you
0: wouldn't get those grades.
3: No, you got a zero on the midterm. Yeah, and any papers and it's not you failed. Yeah, I'm not saying you failed for absence. Yeah, I'm saying you failed because yeah. you didn't show up and, and do any work. And there's <laughs> probably not enough time left in the year to recover. But and I have had professors where if you didn't show up to a certain number of classes, you automatically fail. But and that's now. <laughs> and but you if you try if you contacted them and said hey I can't come tonight because of this but and we're well, that's not what's- making an effort to get the work done. that's, not that's different. But the the idea that you would miss six classes and the midterm and then just show up like nothing happened. <laughs> Which if this was secretly a
0: finishing school, that makes sense because you have achieved what they finished you for. Yeah. But and this they do is say, that actual college.
3: Usually the professors what? turn like you know Which if they miss a couple class this is six I had to go <laughs> on my honeymoon and then I had
0: to set up house. Like if she had missed two classes because she was on her honeymoon, they would understand. But a midterm, you would have needed to make. And th- college, you don't have classes every day, so she missed weeks. <laughs> yeah, so probably,
2: she had a, she got married, probably went on honeymoon. Yeah. If there and was set up her house.
0: If there was what you think you get one assignment per class, right? Uh-huh. So six assignments in the midterm—that's seven weeks of class. Yes, A yes. yes.
2: month and some change. A lot
0: of class. Almost two months. Yeah. That's all. Well, website. they have a fight. Where Catherine is like, Well, you've missed too much work. And Betty, and they're like, Well, the college looks the other way. And she's like, Well, if you're going to be in my class, you need to do the work. And she's like, She says, Why "Why don't you just get
3: married your freshman year and then you never have to show up to class and you can get a degree? And they're like, That's not what we're saying. It kind of is. It kind of (laughs) is.
0: But Betty says, well, you're going to let me stay, or there's going to be consequences. And she says, are you threatening me? And Betty says, I'm I'm educating educating you. you. And Catherine goes, that's my job. Mm. And then they carry on to the next scene. So then Catherine has been been invited (laughs) as the faculty guest of the Adam's Rib (laughs) Secret Society. This name is not okay. (laughs) This really bothered me that they called themselves (laughs) Adam's Rib.
2: And that's where <laughs> but, women
1: came from.
0: Though. I know, but it just really bothered me. Um, the potato peel pie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not what one would consider a feminist, but some things really bother me every once in a while. It's really weird what will bother me and what will not bother if me. If it was
2: like a tongue-in-cheek thing.
0: Well, but then, I mean, but it, it's not. <laughs> but it's not. But so every year they invite one member of the faculty as their guest, and they play truth or consequences. Hmm. And. Um, Betty is there and you know she's been gone a while so she has no idea how much everybody else loves
3: th- this teacher now <laughs> and it's been a
0: long time it's been most of the school year it's been more than half the school year. they've integrated things have happened mm-hmm. you know and uh, Joan asks her why she wasn't married and Catherine tells them that she was engaged but then in 41 then Pearl Harbor happened and he went to war and uh, when he came back they just they weren't the same people and this is where we find out that Giselle was like, yeah, my parents, you know, this happened to my parents. And we find out that Giselle's parents are divorced and that she was the first person on her block. Sharpies. Which it's a very, it's dirty. Sharpies. You don't get divorced in the 50s.
3: <laughs> which was
0: true. Like it was a real stigma to get divorced in the 50s. And uh, Giselle says, but that's, but you should tell them your news. You got engaged. And Catherine's like, actually, we split up.
4: She said that was quick.
0: He wanted that. I didn't. (laughs) And then Betty again decides to be the world's biggest cunt uh, to both Catherine and then to Joan. And when she blabs the news about Yale Law
3: School, and Joan is like, "I told you that in confidence. I haven't told anybody that." I told everybody. You're supposed to be my friend.
0: And then Betty White's... Betty White. (laughs) Betty White is not in this movie. (laughs) Betty White was in California. Uh, Betty writes another article about how to be a good wife and calls Catherine out for being subversive. Now, that's the big buzzword. You don't want to be called subversive. And uh, that she's encouraging the girls to reject marriage and their values. So, she is... Catherine is incensed by this. She feels completely attacked by Betty the bitch. I mean, she has been attacked. (laughs) She's just incensed about being called subversive. What am I supposed to do? This is a place of learning. (laughs) You know? And so she gives the girls a lecture. So she shows them... the, uh, The lecture is about a portrait of the 1950s house, or housewife. So she shows them a bunch of ads from the 50s. And... And you know, it's like, is this the kind of woman you want to be? Is this what are they gonna look back in the future? And this is what they're gonna see, and this is what they're gonna think of you. Is this what you want? This is the role you
3: were born for, <laughs> yeah. the one with the girdles. <laughs> the girdles set you free. What?
0: <laughs> so, she goes to meet with President Carr, and she tells them. That and like she is awful to President Carr too. She's like, how could you know? I thought this was a place of learning. This is just masquerading as a finishing school. And she's like, from where I she says from where I said it's just a different kind of course. And Professor or President Carr goes, well, we can all use a little support from time <laughs> to time. <laughs> and she tells uh President and she tells him that she's done. She's like, I quit. I don't. I don't need to be. Mm-hmm. and then she runs she goes to professor dunbar's italian class because he's an italian professor she opens the door and shouts that she is done with it and then he's in the he's middle of teaching done. a class <laughs> so she she's like oops never mind closes the door he follows her and he says go wait for me in my office i'll be out in 15 minutes Just go wait for me in my office and she does and um he finishes his class. He goes to his office and he tells her that she should say that this place needs somebody like you, needs somebody to challenge them and show them there's a different way of thinking, which they don't. But you know, it's a movie. <laughs> also,
2: he has a he wants to give her a D. Yes, he does. Plus,
0: <laughs> he wants to see if she'll pass his class. Um, <laughs> uh, and he and he says unless you want to go back to California and your fiance. And She's um, like, I'm not engaged. And she then goes, she leaves. And he goes. Mm. <laughs> and he follows it her. Worked. And he gives her a gift. He's like, "Well, I was going to give you this for Christmas, but then I saw your fiancé. But now that you're not together, here's this." And she opens the gift, and it's like an old timey Master mm-hmm. with art. And then he gives her a kiss. Oh. So then they have what, honey? The sex. <laughs>
3: Are you going to put down your phone? Yes. They have the coitus. They do the hibity and the divity. <laughs> yes, they do.
0: So as she's getting dressed to leave, he jokes about he might. He, I don't know how I feel about being a rebound. And uh, she tells him, "I don't want anything serious." She's very clear. He's like, "Oh, oh." Okay. But <laughs> she's very clear. Um, but while we're doing whatever we're doing, no
3: students. So I don't want anything serious. But you can't sleep with any of your students. I want us to be monogamous, but not serious.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I want my cake and eat said. it
3: too. We're a couple, but we're not gonna get married ever. <laughs> yeah, we're a couple who's casually together, but monogamous. And he
0: seems okay with we're having that. Had a good time because he okay. coaxes her back into bed and tells her some war stories, or his his big war story that he tells. Mm. Then we get a scene of Connie with her new boyfriend Charlie, Betty's cousin. He took her to the Cape for the weekend. Very fancy. But then he sees some people he knows. And he's like, look, I can't run into those people. It'll be really awkward. I just don't want to see them. So Connie helps him hide because she's taken some classes on how to be a good wife and that
3: you make things happen. He's like, these are friends of my parents or whatever. And if we see them, they're just going to trap me. And they're going to take over our whole breakfast. He doesn't say it in a way that makes her think that he doesn't want to I'm be seen with her, her. he yes. just doesn't want them to see him because then they will take over this whole breakfast situation which and later it makes perfect sense
0: why he does not want to run into these people yes you see it coming. he
2: mm-hmm.
0: broke it off with their daughter he just does not want mm-hmm. but later then uh at swim practice
3: and this was a real... Synchronized swim class. <laughs> this was a real synchronized swimming team. Yeah, I in, was another like, important this class. This is delightful because I think synchronized swimming is the most bananas delightful <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's like ribbon dancing. It's awesome. They taught this?
2: <laughs> hey, man, you got to pull. You got to do something in it, you know? Well, We're not doing water polo s- and...
3: so hilarious. <laughs> like they had to... Well, look. Okay. Like, where some... do we... we start in synchronized swimming? This is...
0: But but it's an Olympic sport. So there yeah. has to it has to be available at the collegiate level somewhere in this country yeah, because we have never thought about. <laughs> and I feel like in the 50s synchronized swimming was a really big thing cuz there was all those movies where it was featured. Mm, it's what, just funny. I can't remember that famous actress funny. that was the lead in all those weird movies that had synchronized swimming, but it was like a thing. <laughs> it had a heyday. Um Audra might know. Hey, Audra, do you remember who that actress was that was in all those synchronized swimming movies? I'm sure mom knows. Um, but so at swim practice, uh, Connie finds out from Betty that, first Betty's like, boys only take girls to the Cape in the winter when they're trying to hide somebody. And she's like, that's not true. And then Betty's like, I hate to break it to you, but he has been with uh, Deb, blah, blah, forever. He, give her, he gave her his pin." They're
3: practically engaged. So basically, he's cheating on his girlfriend with you, you. and that's why. He and then you she became...
0: said, and she said, wait, did you say Deb blah blah? And she said yes, and she's like, why? And she says, are her parents boats, 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 and blah 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 blah? <laughs> and Betty's like, yes, and he's like, she's like, why did you meet them? And she's like, I, I've seen them, and now she realizes the people he was avoiding were the
3: parents of this girl.
0: Mm-hmm. which now makes her she think now she's his
3: girlfriend thinks. and that's why he didn't want to see them
0: so then she's vis- visibly upset and she leaves and the other girls give betty the evil eye because betty cannot let anybody else be happy because no. she is fucking miserable <laughs> her husband is obviously she cheating wants on her company <laughs> she's obviously i mean her husband, at this point, we've seen enough scenes between them to know that he is instantly cheating on them, her yeah. probably before He's they got not married. not
3: interested in being with her. He's always gone. It's not for work. Yeah. So <laughs> so um Na- so then Catherine has
0: been dating Dunbar for a while, and Nancy asks Catherine how she could date somebody like him, and we
3: all wonder.
2: <laughs> we do indeed.
3: She's like, maybe you've misjudged him. And she's like, ah! I've been here a while. I know. (laughs) Because Nancy, like, grew up in this house and went to this college. She's been here forever.
0: So, Like, almost all the teachers are, like, all the women that work there were Wellesley girls. Like, Amanda, Uh the school nurse, she was a Wellesley girl, and that's how she got the job. But, all right, so Spring Fling. Uh, Giselle is drunk and sad because... She is obsessed with Professor Dunbar, and he seems to be dating her favorite and teacher. He
3: ended this a long, long
0: time. Yes, but she obviously—I mean, she's obsessed with him. It's sad. And Connie spots Charlie with a girl. Oh no, Deb. She's got really big teeth.
2: Bright future. But
0: then, but then she finds out he says hello to her a little bit later on, and she says, "Oh, how are you? How's Deb?" She's, she, you know, she's got big teeth. And uh, he's like, that's not Deb, actually. That's Boats, Boats, Boats. <laughs> Deb and I have broken off over the summer. Months, and months Way ago. before I met you, I only started dating Boats, Boats, Boats when you stopped answering my calls and wouldn't answer my letters. And then Connie's heart is broke because she Betty, loved <laughs> she loved him and they were happy.
2: Not enough to clarify what happened, but she loved him.
0: Well, she connie is insecure yes and i would say that this oh, even now most girls are non-confrontational <laughs> like tiktok would tell us differently but most people are non-confrontational about this sort of thing they just quietly go die i don't know and she just like, believed
3: his cousin who yeah, said who he's... is her
0: friend and has been her friend <laughs> for a long time
2: so what you still if you love this person you want an explanation you go talk to them about it you just don't well my cousin said it so I'm never talking to you again well,
3: smart
0: so then on the person, Connie's crying on the stairs and Betty comes up to her and asks if she's seen her husband and Connie's like no no I haven't but I did see Charlie in guess what he told me him and Deb have been long broken up and she's like well they're on again off again I hardly keep track of who he's dating and she, she's like you but fucking she, bitch but <laughs> you told me you told me they were broken up and he and that he didn't care about me and even if he was cheating on me cheating on deb with me why couldn't you just let me be happy Mm -hmm. and betty is just like whatever and walks away Uh like and then you can even see like betty starts to walk away and connie is like where are you going (laughs) you're supposed to give me a hug or something say i'm sorry or like you could see her she's like where are you going so then uh uh, Catherine is dancing with Tommy, and he says that she should. You know, they're talking. Oh, it's my fav- my girl's favorite teacher. And so they're having a little chat, and he mentions that she should congratulate him. And he's like, and she's like, oh, you guys set a date. And he's like, oh no, not that. I got into Penn Law School, mm-hmm. and uh, Catherine goes, well, what about Yale? And he's like, oh, Joni getting into Yale. Yeah, that's really exciting. She'll always have that. But obviously, she's not going she's there. She's going to be in Philadelphia. She's going to be in Philadelphia. How's she going to have dinner on the table at 5? And Catherine is upset. <laughs> but, like...
2: Because she has plans.
0: Because she thought that she was helping the student do something more with her life. And then we see Betty, and then they're supposed to switch. Like, they keep calling up. They have to keep switching. Papers. Oh, yes. Yeah. So then later, we see Betty running into... Uh, Joan and Tommy, and asking if they've seen Spencer. And Tommy says he had to leave, but he asked us to take you home. And Betty is just destroyed. He's left her yet again at a social function in
3: front of their friends. So then Betty goes home to her parents' house. That I night. thought she was going to catch him cheating. Yeah, I did too. I did not expect her to go to her parents' house. But <laughs> she got out of that cab at her parents' house. I was like, this is not what I thought we were going <laughs> to see. <laughs> But oh, I thought she was going to catch him cheating, too.
0: But she didn't. She goes to her mom's house, and her mom is like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm going to spend the night. And she's like, no, you're not. You need to go home. And she's like, why? Spencer isn't there. and He's never there. He's never there. And her mom says, go home and fix your face and wait for your husband. And she's like. And she's trying to make sure the maid doesn't overhear them. And she says, you're not going to let me stay the night in my own house? And her mom says, this is the bargain you made, Elizabeth. We all did. Spencer's house is your house now. Mm -hmm. Which is, oh my God. (laughs) Awful. I would never do that. But so Betty, is her life is falling apart. So then Catherine goes to Joan to talk about... So I i'm unclear where this place is did she go to joan's house i don't
3: know
0: does jones fa- she is goes to a house jones
3: family's house like her parents
0: yeah i don't know but she goes did was she invited because no. there's a gathering there's
3: a gathering in which <laughs> yeah. she
0: interrupts like i don't think she thought there was strange. a gathering but like it's she goes to Jones. we're gonna use some air quotes jones house jones parents house whatever uh, because she has applications for law schools that are near Penn State. So this, Joan could go to law school and still have dinner oh, she on isn't she? Nope. one by five. This,
2: She's seeing that her student does well or something.
0: I agree, this part is pushy. <laughs> but I don't, think, I don't think it was pushy before, but I think this is pushy. I mean, it shows bad. But But Joan says, oh, that's very sweet. But, but I'm not going to law school. Well, she says, but Tommy and I eloped. It turns out he wouldn't set a date because he was really uncomfortable with the big ceremony, so we and went and eloped. And Catherine is like, okay, but you could still do this. Even though you're married, you could, you could have both. And Joan's like, I... She's like, no, I'm married. I'm going to have a family. And Catherine, again, it pushes. But, you know, you could do it all. And Joan is like... You could be a lawyer with kids. She says... And this is this is the one of the scenes I like the most, because Joan
3: is like, but that's not what I want. You think I'm gonna regret not being a lawyer. I think I'm gonna regret not having the family and being yeah. there to raise my kids. Right. The husband and the family is more important to me mm-hmm. than being a lawyer.
0: I want, I was given all the choices, and this is the one I picked. And you helped me make this choice because you gave me all the options. And you keep telling us that you want us to think for ourselves and do what we really want and this is what i really want so you need to accept it mm-hmm. and this makes Catherine kind of reassess things mm-hmm. or it should if this was a real person she hugs her and she says, yes, be happy be.
3: and and she's gonna let it go she doesn't mention it again
0: no she doesn't <laughs> and then and one of the reasons per- for me personally that I really like this scene is because this is the attitude, like when when there's feminist conversations or women can be anything,
3: we do need to leave room for the women that want to be this. It reminds <laughs> okay. me a lot of pride and prejudice yes. when Charlotte marries Mr. Collins and Lizzie is like, What the fuck are you doing, girl? That dude is dumb. <laughs> and she's like, Look, I'm not romantic like you. I just want to run my own house. I just yeah. want a respectable husband and my own kids and my own family and to not be a burden on my brothers. What about and Mr. My Darcy? Mr. Darcy? Mr. Darcy doesn't have to do with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> she's happy. And she's like, this is the life that, <laughs> that I want. <laughs> that I want. And I'm now, Lizzie old Borden. enough to, that, that I don't think any other options yeah. are coming along. And so I need you to accept that this is good for me. And Lizzie has to, she doesn't want to. Well, <laughs> right. Gordon, right? No, Bennett. But it's I it's like one that that doesn't the other.
0: I like that the movie gives us this other side too. Mm-hmm. Um so then we see Giselle out with her psychoanalyst that she's currently dating because she can't be with Professor Dunbar. And this gentleman is 50-ish. <laughs>
3: fifty. Ish. I mean, he's a choice. <laughs> Now, earlier, Giselle said he's a piece about Charlie. This dude's not a piece.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. A choice. He's a choice. She makes. An, he's a daddy. And yes, well, she has pro- daddy issues, parent issues. Um, she is promiscuous and drinks too much. She's obviously working through some stuff. But so she's with this, and he's married, and she's open about how he's married. Yeah. And um, she's okay. while she's out with him. And it looks like they're in New York, maybe going to a play. Obviously, he's a rich man. He's spending money on her. This is probably part of the attraction. Um, plus, there's probably the forbidden thing for Giselle. She seems like one of those girls that likes the hint of
4: mm-hmm.
0: the wrong with stuff. Nothing wrong with that, but, you know, just the type of character that she was. And she sees Spencer, and she goes to say hello, but then sees he was with another woman. So this is... Con- and we don't know how much the other girls think. Like, it's very suspicious how much gone Spencer is, and they probably suspect he's cheating on Betty already. Mm-hmm. But this is confirmation. She knows he's mm-hmm. cheating on Betty. With this girl who looks a lot nicer than Betty, let's just say. She, to <laughs> me, she seems like she's a much happier girl. She person. seems happier and more pleasant. <laughs> then, she's
2: not Kirsten does.
0: Then we get our little, he's just not that into you scene because Connie goes to see Charlie at school. Uh, goes into his dorms where girls are not allowed. Interrupts him when he's half dressed to profess her undying love for him, and uh, he's into it. He's into it. <laughs> she is his exception. <laughs> this whole thing reminds me so much of he's just not that into you <laughs> that like they had to have seen this and been like, "That's my Gigi." Mm-hmm. I just can't see any other way. <laughs> or she had to have like when she went to the audition, she's like. Check me out, Miss, because I'm your (laughs) Gigi. (laughs) But Johnny tells or Connie tells the story to the girls and they're it's all very romantic. And um so they're in the dorms and then Giselle talks a little bit about her married man. And Betty is there and Joan is there, and Giselle says he's not married like he's she says to Joan. He's not married like you and Tommy are married. Like, there's no love here. He doesn't... They don't care about each other. He, they're just married. Like, it's not the same. And she kind of makes that distinction. It's a marriage in name. And then Betty calls her a whore. hmm And then says that everybody knows you're running after Professor Dunbar. And she just says... And he doesn't want you. And your dad doesn't
3: want, want you. <laughs>
0: and nobody <laughs> wants you. You're awful. And they're just going to throw you away. And she's spewing all this hate at Giselle. And Giselle... Just hugs her until she stops. Which is...
2: Because she knows it's... Which is not, not what you think herself. is going to yeah, happen. She knows
0: it's not about her. Which is not what you think is going to happen. Because no. you think she's going to tell her, well, neither does your husband. Because I saw him. Yeah. But she never says that. Uh, she I saw- just says- <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> How'd
2: you know that, Betty? I'm
3: oh, sorry. That keeps coming back. <laughs> and I want to do it at work sometimes. She and does it
2: like, all the time. And nobody does it all the time for people I'm like nobody knows what you're talking about except for these two people maybe Ben maybe Audra and 96 other people
1: <laughs> I dig it even people you that are. have seen the Weapon don't know what you're talking about
0: because it's not I bet you like go vibes yeah these so are funny.
2: just random lines that anyway, we were it's, uh,
0: it's weird that <laughs> it Carly's go to lethal weapon lines. Yeah. I saw him. I saw him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's an okay. odd delivery. But so,
0: <laughs> In a beautiful scene of solidarity between friends, Giselle just hugs Buddy until she, she cries says, because Giselle he knows doesn't that, want
3: her. And she's yeah. like, I know. Because
0: <laughs> she knows that the person that Betty really hates is herself because Spencer doesn't love her and she doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. And he married her for her connections, probably, for her family and her connections and because she, she t- t- ticked the right boxes for his family, but mm-hmm. he didn't love her and he never did probably. Probably been cheating on her since month number two.
2: <laughs> really? They've been all been sold a bunch
1: of beans. They've
0: so it's the end of the school year. Uh, Performance reviews are in. The board meets to talk about Catherine and whether they're going to keep her for the next year. And then um, Catherine goes to see uh, Professor Dunbar and surprises Stan, his old (laughs) army buddy, in the shower.
3: Apparently she and Dunbar have been planning a trip to Europe. Yes, so they've
0: gotten serious (laughs) enough (laughs) That they're planning to go to Europe over the summer so that he can take her to Italy and to see some of the actual art that she's been teaching about. It's a very big, exciting thing that they're doing. And so after Stan gets out of the shower, her and him and Catherine talk. And it turns out that Bill and Stan were interpreters in New York, but they never left the States. They were on Long (laughs) Island the whole time. And Bill's a liar? Bill has been telling everybody this same. <laughs> is my shocked face. He tells the same war story about him and Stan over and over and over again. And it's a complete lie. So then Bill comes home. He's sitting outside. Or she's sitting outside. And she confronts him about lying. And he apologizes. And he says, everybody just assumed. So then I kind of made up the story. And I never bothered to correct anybody. It didn't seem like it hurt anything to be this. And she's like... Why couldn't you just tell me the truth? This is apparently, she's like, well, now I can't believe anything you say. You've probably, like, I don't know where her mind went. Probably you've been sleeping with students this whole time. You're completely untrustworthy, you you know. And And it's one
3: thing, I I understand, like, he got this job because people thought he had been Mm -hmm. to Europe. So he kind of does have to keep up this lie, at least on the surface. But he could have said to her at one point, you know, it's not true. They assumed it. (laughs) <laughs> and I know, but he has told her war stories that yeah. were all lies
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean at some point he should have said you know i i tell these things and but we weren't we're getting more serious than i want to tell you the truth like you would think that
3: and then she's she, like everything i thought about you and he's like is not whoa. true <laughs> but then
2: but then again they're not together
3: yeah. They're just yeah, well, she said
0: I don't want to, to be, be serious. And he comes back with it's not like you're an open book. You never talk yeah. about yourself, you never tell me anything. Yeah. And she's like, Well, I'm never gonna now, and she pieces out Dinkelman yeah. style. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he even says, like, you have such a narrow way of thinking. You didn't come here to teach them, you came here to teach them to think like you. Exactly. And uh, she's mad, so but they break up. Um, then we see Betty's mother coming to see her, and, uh,
3: she tells Betty that, um, she will not get divorced, and that she needs to stay quiet. And she's spoken to Spencer's mother, and they need to try for a year before they ever consider divorce, but to her mother, this is not on the table, you're never getting divorced, this is, you made your bed, you're laying in it, you will be the society wife, Which to... At his beck and call when he wants Which to be
2: fair, I know this movie is trying to beat stuff into your brains without letting you come to your own conclusion. So it's... That's probably her life.
4: Yeah, it is. Oh, absolutely. And that's all of their
2: lives. So I don't come off that she's the bad guy. She's just taking care of her daughter going, look, you have to put up with this. This is what wives are. Which is fucked up by our point of view, but... Maybe she's really just trying to take care of her daughter and she knows that her daughter's a bit of a bitch or brat. You know? Well
0: and and you see that when Betty went home that night, her mom is like, This is the bargain you made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You this and she says, This is the bargain we all made. Yeah. You get the nice house, you get the night, you get the money to raise your kids, yeah. and you have to put up with his shit because that's how it works.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're, I mean, they're beaten wives and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it was fucked up time by our standards.
0: So then we see President Carr and her secretary. She's uh, dictating a letter to Catherine. They're inviting her to return for the 54-55 school year. However, there are conditions she has to have all of her lesson plans. She has to teach the required syllabus and submit all of her lesson plans for review and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And she
3: can't advise students on anything outside outside of her her subject ever. 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 That's bananas. (laughs) Like, I can understand how you really should mostly talk to these kids about art, but they are still very young adults who may come to you with something else Mm -hmm. because they trust you. But you're supposed to just be like, nah, can't help you. (laughs)
2: But at the same time, she's gone way above and beyond the stuff that she's supposed to be doing by that school
3: standards. By the
2: standards that we've been shown. And she's getting, and I think she says, she's getting tons of people calling her and like, letters you're fucking these I, girls lives up by giving them all these things. And I the students
0: and, love her. Right. And, and they say that in the meeting, for the president they're like, her enrollment is the highest that the art department has ever had. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. the students want to take her class. So I feel like the school administration kind of was fighting for her, and then like the board of trustees are like, no, we don't want her. Yeah. So this was kind of the compromise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if she had stayed and after a couple more years it would have changed and they would have loosened but i mean that's not obviously not the person that miss watson is at the, the end but, of the day
2: the parents are paying for the school not the kids so yeah. they're going to listen to the parents nowadays they just let the kids do whatever the kids say but
3: yeah. <laughs> but at, you know sometimes you know, parents aren't paying anymore really yeah. <laughs> no. maybe a Wellesley.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah probably like not.
0: That. Well, okay, so then um, Catherine gets the letter, gets to see that she's been invited to return. She goes home late and finds out that Nancy had thrown her a surprise congratulations party. Now, she just found out today that she was staying, but apparently the rumor mill had released it early. But she missed the whole thing. And then she's, she didn't rush around excitedly telling people because she's not yeah. happy. And, she, yeah, this is very conditional. She has to consider whether I'm actually going to stay yeah. or not. And um, she and she's like, and she can see how sad Nancy is because this is what Nancy does. She throws this big party. She's trying to celebrate her friend. And she's like, you know what? You're right. Let's celebrate. So she grabs champagne. And then she says, you know what? Let's go out. Let's go dancing. And Nancy's like, no, whatever show was on. She's like, no, no, something, something is on. and. Catherine's like, let's go out. And Nancy says, I'm happy here. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes Catherine think, is like, this what I want? After Am I happy? 8 o'clock,
3: <laughs> this is my life and I'm happy with it. I'm going to stay and watch my game show. <laughs> I mean, I totally
0: understand not wanting to go out after 8 o'clock. By <laughs> way. We all do. People who play Oculus all night long in our pajamas. <laughs> Um, All day long on the weekends in our pajamas. (laughs) And we get a beautiful scene where Catherine goes to her office, and her office is filled with Picasso paint my numbers. (laughs) And it turns out that all of the girls have painted a painting for Catherine because they want her to remember them. And it's... They're all different. It's beautiful, and she runs away because she (laughs) cannot handle emotion. (laughs) So then we get graduation... It's the end of the year the girls have graduated they're on to bigger and better things Betty stops Catherine after the ceremony and asks her if she can help if she can get the number of her contact in Greenwich Village that she got the pollock through um, and as Betty is talking to her her mother kind of is there grabs her by the arm and pulls her over and is like what are you doing what and Betty do you is like, hers <laughs> and Betty is like I'm getting divorced do you remember Giselle I can't remember her last name Levy I think Mm-hmm. Um, we're moving in together. This is my roommate, and the mom says a very racist thing, and uh, which one of the bad reviews was I can't believe anybody would like this racist movie <laughs> because of this one, one racial word. racial slur that was used. Wow, um, and they they called it something propaganda,
1: anti-Semitic. I mean, people, no, no,
0: not anti-Semitic. Are something look at this about movie and um, see what they see, something about um, like anti Semitic. Like McCarthyism that. or something like that there I was something that. about it being racist and there being like this anti- com- this communism propaganda thing is it, it really weird i was like wow you got thoughts yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah People who want to see that stuff will see it. i mean they're gonna yeah. see it anyway yeah but betty tells her mom that she's getting divorced and moving in with giselle who turns out to be a true friend and can put up with this cunty bitch
3: <laughs> <laughs> i mean and maybe she's gonna try to be less of a cunty bitch. I mean, <laughs>
0: look, Maggie Gyllenhaal, best actress in this whole thing. <laughs> um, then we see Catherine sitting at her desk writing each girl a letter, probably thanking them for the changes they've made in her life, whatever. Very nice 1950s kind of thing to do. Yeah, you when can you tell she doesn't have that many students. When you need <laughs> to write notes to everyone about everything. Um, and then we hear Betty's last editorial. So that voiceover that we got in the beginning finishes here in the end, and she's just talking about Catherine and what a wonderful teacher she was and how impactful she was on the year and how it's a shame that she's not going to stay, but she's going to go off and do all these bigger and better things. She's leaving and going to Europe to see mm. art and Then we get the final scene where Catherine is in the taxi leaving. She's going to make boats. And then all of a sudden we look out the window and there is Betty, ugly crying on a bicycle. And the taxi is surrounded by these girls on bikes and they're just following her Mm. and to show their love and the send off. It's this beautiful emotional thing. Elaine has been crying for (laughs) a while (laughs) now. Since the painting scene, I've been <laughs> weeping. <laughs> I don't even like all these characters, but I'm so invested in this, and I'm just like weeping and and just seeing them on the bikes and her and I'm like just crying. I'm such a crazy person. And that's the end.
3: Oh man. Like, Carly, I'm gonna let you go first, so no one can steal your stuff. Cause All it's right. your birthday pick. Tell okay. me what you thought. Well, my favorite character was Connie. <laughs> yeah. I liked Connie. I liked this character who everybody's been telling her that she's kind of ugly. She's no no boys ever gonna like her. And then she mm. finds a boy who likes her. And then I also liked that when she confronted Betty or yeah, yes, she was like. Why couldn't you just let me be happy? Like, she knew yeah. this is about you. It's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciated that. And then she went for it. She was like, yeah. fuck it, I want this dude. And then she went for it. From the dentist's pen. So, I liked her a lot. My least favorite character was the president of the university. Mm-hmm. Like, I also didn't like Betty, but so much of Betty was because of her mother <laughs> or her <laughs> husband. <laughs> So, so I I don't like the president. Um, My favorite scene is when she reacts to the article that Betty wrote by showing the advertisements and the roles that they were born to fill. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this, this is what. (laughs) You think you were born for? Yeah. The brightest female minds in the country and this can of soup (laughs) is what you were born for. Um, My favorite tertiary object was the synchronized swimming. <laughs> 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 just as a thing at all. And my favorite line was when Betty is an uber bitch to Giselle calling her a whore and stuff. And Giselle just hugs her and she says he doesn't want me. And Giselle just hugs her and says, I know. just <laughs> Giselle was just cool like that she's a good person she's like this isn't about they I liked how these girls recognize this isn't about me like you're a bitch because you have problems. yeah <laughs> it's not about me this is about your pain um and I'm gonna give it a yay I liked it I didn't cry <laughs> well but I'm a crier
1: I cried when it was over
3: but I I did I very myself. much enjoy
1: it
0: <laughs> right. mm-hmm. I'm glad that you enjoyed it because I thought you would I'm now, glad you enjoyed it. Too. We're gonna go to John for a complete <laughs> counterpoint. <laughs> then we'll go to Tony for the mystery option, and then I'll bring it back home with the goodness.
1: I'm gonna abstain.
0: No, you <laughs> have to <go. laughs> oh, come on. You've been very quiet this whole
3: episode. Just tell us your stuff. Elaine already told us that you didn't like it. Yeah, so. we, but um, we were I, playing the golf, <laughs> the putt-putt, while you watched it. I was like, spoiler, John is not going to like this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so my favorite character, I'll have to go with Charlie.
3: Okay. All right.
1: Because, you know, mm-hmm. he made choices. They were good. Yeah. He ended up where he wanted to be. Good yeah. for him. Okay. My least favorite character is Catherine and okay. Betty. Because okay. they're the same character.
0: Okay. Yeah, they're both,
1: they're both. They're both willfully woefully unhappy and it will tear everybody else down around them to make them unhappy. Okay. Um, my favorite scene is when Joan gives Catherine the business. Uh-huh. Just because it's not your life, this is what I want to do.
4: hmm
1: And then we get a condescending hug, be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite tertiary object, believe it or not, is when the president is giving dictation to the secretary and she's using shorthand.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh. Is the shorthand. Yeah. Because that's, cool. that's a lost art that's really cool. Oh, my favorite line mm-hmm. is when Charlie and Connie are dancing and Charlie says, my parents say my future is right on the horizon, and Connie says, well, tell them the horizon is an imaginary line that recedes as you approach it. Because that was clever, and Connie's a wonderful lady. And I'd like to see her and give her a hug and tell her, don't worry, you're going to have a good life.
3: Okay. (laughs) Charlie loves you.
1: And I don't like this movie. (laughs) Because it's full of people saying that you're wrong, I'm right, do it my way.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And you have Catherine who comes in who's very unhappy the entire movie and she's supposed to be the hero that you aspire to. She's woefully unhappy and is terrible to everybody around her. She picks the one romantic relationship she had and destroys it so she can have one with one she knows is not going to be good because he's fucking astute. That's her good choice. (laughs) Right. She gets mad when he lies to her. Alright, he's an asshole. Sure. But dude. How about some feeling for yourself? We're supposed to feel bad for Betty at the end of the movie because her mother treats her bad, so she's a giant cunt to everybody the entire movie, and it's okay. No. It's called accountability. You can't act that way. No, don't watch this movie. <laughs> watch anything but this movie. Okay, Tony. Oh, my favorite
2: character is Tommy because he was played by Topher Grace. He's great. <laughs> my favorite. I character. wanted him to make my favorite tertiary object, but he was in it just too much. My least favorite character is Catherine, Jackson Pollock, and Macy Gray. Macy Gray? She had a song in it
0: for mm-hmm. some reason. Oh, I didn't think a song.
2: <laughs> my favorite scene is the wedding reception, because I like, always like wedding receptions. Weddings are fun. My favorite line is, If you fail me, there will be consequences. Are you threatening me? I'm educating you. That's my job.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought he that uses was good. jabs you in the face yeah. with it. Kills her with a pencil.
2: Who does that? My favorite tertiary object was next time you watch this, the lead singer at the band, at the reception, was Tori Amos. Was it? Yeah, because I'm watching it and I'm like, that's fucking Tori Amos. And I'm like, nah, it can't be. No, that's Tori Amos. I spent a lot of the 90s listening to this woman's music. <laughs> huh. And then, um, I'm not watching this again, but well, Tori Amos. <laughs> and I think that's it, right? Yeah. Okay, so, I'll maybe this movie. If this is your thing, you'll like this movie I, it, it wasn't for me I, I don't know enough or anything about this time period or women's rights to have any kind of serious opinion on this as movies go it seemed like it was fairly well written and the characters were you Terrible. know interesting but it's the, the movie wasn't for me I'll may bay it if this is what you're if this is what you kind of stuff you're looking for I'll take it
3: when <laughs> I got home today it's good. I've been trying to watch this long ass movie for four fucking hours <laughs> no just,
2: everybody was bothering me okay. today.
0: <laughs> One of the reasons I picked this is because this is under two hours and The Guardian is like it's two hours and 20 minutes. Ah. So, like, I was like, well, at least it's shorter than The Guardian because I knew we would have to podcast on a weeknight to
3: get it. Of yeah, it
2: was Tori and Ma. Having
3: a lot of interruptions. Yes.
0: That was
2: Kristen Ritter? I thought that looked like Kristen Ritter. Oh, the, she was an extra. Yeah. yeah.
3: All right,
0: so my favorite character... Don't trust character, that being in
1: Apartment 23.
0: My favorite character is Joan. Joan? Yep, Joni. Julia Styles. I love her. Okay. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Betty. Even though I... She's just so cucky. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's an and entitled I know, little
3: bitch. She is. She's just so cucky. <laughs> and
0: there's so many opportunities. I wish they had shown her just a couple of times feeling remorse or apologetic for some of her behavior because her behavior... She's acting this way because she's so deeply unhappy But they never show her with any remorse. And then at the end, when we're supposed to, I mean, she she turns at the end. She's getting a divorce. She's going to make a change to make herself happy. But we never see little bits of kindness that make it really the triumph it should be. Because we should feel you're overcoming the stigma and what you feel like you should do to pursue a career and a life and to, to find what... an alternate purpose
3: making it up to the people that she was bitching yes and if there had
0: just been a little bit of kindness i think it would have been a better payoff and felt more satisfying because i am glad that she decided to get a divorce that she's moving on and not going to be with spencer he's a tool bag
2: and i felt a little ripped off at the end we didn't get a what happened to these characters thing it's like hey all these characters had a clear destination they all said, fuck that noise, and went all crazy and did all this random shit. <laughs> Hope it works out. And then it was Gini all was like,
3: that's it? I was like, no, like, she went on to do this. Yeah, she, she was the first, first
2: woman Supreme Court judge, yeah. and this person <laughs> found gold in her backyard or some bullshit. Like, yeah. what happened yeah. to these people? That's
3: did that in Animal House?
0: Like, what happened yeah. to these people? Can, can we get a little snapshot of Connie Anything. and Charlie from yeah. the wedding? Yeah,
2: so yeah that would be fine. Epilogue. With a baby or something? Yeah. Like, any yeah, kind of resolution.
1: Yeah. Couldn't do it in this movie. Why? Because they all... See Giselle as a doctor. Miserable ever after. Betty
0: as a lawyer. This is a
1: terrible story that ends badly. They could have done that. Uh,
0: My favorite scene is from the flower paintings to the end where I was weeping with emotion. (laughs) Because... What movie were you watching? This one. The sad one. This one. I was invested in these characters. I found that I like the interaction between the girls which they're not girls, but I like the interaction. I like it when you get movies of women interacting as a group with each other. And even though it's one of those movies where most of their interactions are talking about marriage and kids and men, it's not all of it. But I just like to see groups of women interact. We don't actually get too many good movies that are well written that have those dynamics. It's hard to find. Well, usually they're that trying to push outside.
2: stuff so hard yes. that you don't get you got get an authentic.
0: And even though this movie so. clearly has a agenda and a point right. of view, but I just like it. It's well written, so I like those interactions of yeah. the girls together, and I, you know, They'll so I was very emotionally invested. Fight. So when she sees the flower paintings and she's all, and I'm all, oh my god, I'm so <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite line. John, wait, wait, not going to get to hear my favorite line. I'm um, sure he's so sad.
3: We'll <laughs> hear
4: one of us. There
0: Where is it? My I'll favorite line you. is from Betty's mother. Mm. When Betty goes to her mom's after the spring fling, and her mom, cold as shit goes,
3: Spencer's
0: house is your house now. <laughs> it's so just like cold as ice and rude. And Betty, you can see that Betty, like... I, she probably knows her, her parents don't have a happy marriage. She probably knows her father's had a piece on the side. And she. you feel like she thought her mother would be caring and, and yes. just, it's like, it'll be okay. And her mom was just like, you don't live here. That's your house. It's so cold. And I'm just like, ooh, the sick burn.
1: Not even her mother
0: likes her. I just love that. I don't know why. Uh, my favorite tertiary ad, object is the camel cigarette ad. <laughs> which just cracked me up. And uh, I really enjoy this movie. I would happily watch it again. I was glad to watch it now. And I was a little sad I didn't get to watch it more than once. It took me a while to watch this movie, too, because I kept having to stop and rewind because yeah. I would start watching the movie. And oh, I would that get to, take to me all the time. So then I, it took me <laughs> three hours to watch this movie because I had to rewind. And then at sometimes I had to turn the subtitles on at one point so that I could write what And I imagine with lines. a
2: rewatch, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of like, drastically drastically different scenarios and scenes. It's just a lot of the same girls in rooms talking. So if you're re-watching it, you're like, is this this part or is this this part? What are they talking about? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's probably hard to keep track of if you're just casually paying attention to it, you know.
3: I will say, I kept expecting one of these girls to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they talked about how they couldn't allow them to be on contraceptives, yeah. and clearly Giselle's not the only one that has had sex. Or so uh, was a, I was
2: waiting for that or a cross thing with them, where one of them was sleeping with the other. There was <laughs>
3: there then. was another snotty girl
0: who uh, I didn't write down her character name, but like Betty was queen bitch, and this girl was like, or like she was uh, the other Heather from Heather's, yeah, right. <laughs> because when heather i'm heather red now yeah, yeah. right but she was like you could see her she was like queen bitch in the wings waiting. just waiting for betty to leave like i'm like it would have been funny if that girl had gotten pregnant mm.
3: but but we we know that more than just giselle was having sex in the yeah movie.
0: <laughs> uh connie and charlie went to the cape yeah for the weekend
3: and the way Joan and Spencer were making out when they got oh, back yeah. that night, oh, yeah. they definitely been voting. I actually, <laughs> and I
0: like that too. I, I like that, it was Tommy, by the way. Oh, sorry. Um, I like that Tommy seemed to really, he really loved her. And like, he was, yes, he was kind of condescending about the Yale stuff because that's the character that they wrote for him. But he was also like, like when Joan gives her big speech to Catherine, she's like, he would have let me go if I really wanted this. Then he wouldn't, he didn't tell me no. Like, he mm-hmm. didn't stop me from making this choice. We would have worked it out if this was what I wanted, but it's not. So it's mm-hmm. not an issue. Like, even though he's kind of like, yeah, she'll always have that. Isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> because that's, but like, I liked how we just really loved her. Because sometimes it's like Betty and Spencer, but sometimes it's like Joni and Tommy, and you mm-hmm. just, you really love somebody. And I, I like that we got to see those different things. Well, Brendan
1: was a popular studies.
0: Well, but that's that. You'll never have to watch it again. Man. No shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: now, we'll get to watch whatever you... Uh-oh. Uh,
3: well, uh-oh. please find us on Facebook.com slash the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. You can email UnMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Has anybody emailed?
0: Uh, not this week. <laughs> audrey has been sending me text messages,
3: but not about the podcast. Uh, come on, guys. UnMoviePodcast <laughs> at gmail.com.
2: It ain't hard. Just
3: Surprise the shit out of a lady. send an email saying,
2: hey, I wish you'd do this movie. Or why didn't you do this movie? Or I like that movie that or you Or
3: tell did. us your thoughts on the upcoming movie. Because next week.
1: On the podcast.
3: is John's
0: pick. For my
1: birthday. Now, I thought about this. And there's a movie I've always liked. Okay. Ever since I was a young, uh oh, and we're gonna say that it's a it's a drama. I it's we're gonna, gonna say that
0: that's what is it? It's
1: 1987, Secret of My Success, starring Michael J. Fox. Huh. I oh. doubt it. No, no,
0: it's not.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's definitely a romantic element there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, <laughs> with uh, starring Michael J. Fox and Helen Slater of Supergirl fame. Oh, I'm where. And the Legend of Billie Jean. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, like, oh, well, what year know. was that?
0: 1987. 1987 not my favorite Michael J. Fox movie T-more? Doc <laughs> Hollywood T-more. Doc Hollywood is Back superior to, to all other offerings there's a pig have you in that seen,
1: movie um, The Hard Way with uh, Jimmy Woods
0: no I have not
1: it's not good but <laughs> 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 I have the best thing to come out of that movie was Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J oh
0: well that is a great tune <laughs>
1: so yeah we'll look forward to everybody's opinion about that and <laughs> Nat King Cole's "Man, Mona Lisa this is smile. Mona
0: Lisa Smile. I'm aware. Sung by Nat King Cole. I know. It's a really good song. Yeah. I don't actually think Mona Lisa is smiling.
1: She's smirking. I
0: know. I think it's a non-facial expression.
1: I think it's on the line enough to where if you want it to be a smirk or a smile, you'll see it. But if it's you don't want it to be, it won't be. Also, I, it's also a dude. You think, think so? That he was banging. Yeah. You sure? That's, you? that's what they're saying.
2: You think yeah. it's
0: more? Yeah.
1: Um, that's some new shit. I don't think so. Because I've also seen, I've also heard that this this is the woman who was Mona Lisa, and there's other images of her. It mm-hmm. looks very close, so could be. We'll never know.